on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, we're back. Great to have your company. This is the Clubhouse right across Australia. My name's Julian Bayard. Mark Allen's here. We're talking all things golf. Hey, Marco. Hello, Jules. Any more big scores? 39 oh, well, points yesterday might... or anything nah. you need to tell us? You're down to six? Would have taken 30 points yesterday, Marco. Oh, yeah, it's all right. Um, That's yeah, what it was a tough week. Tough week. But uh, played at Royal Melbourne during hey, the Hey, what yeah. did you think of Royal? Which course? The West or the, the East? West, course. Yeah. It was magnificent. Yep. It was a shame about my golf. Was it? It was a shame about my How goal. hard, and when I say not hard as difficult, mm. how hard as in texture or firmness were the greens? Uh, very hard. Like nothing you've ever seen? <laughs> like, I was on the practice screen, Marco, yep. and I was hitting probably a 10-foot putt just to yep. just have a look. Yep. I reckon I hit it 20 feet myself. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me this. If you hit a 7-iron and you landed on the green, how, lo- how, how, how long did it take before the ball stops uh, from the pitch mark? Oh, 30 feet. If it stopped. If it stopped. <laughs> Mate, it's unreal, it's that strip. place. And the, the thing that got me was there's no run on the fairways either. Yeah. They like, did that on purpose. Yeah. They've got this stuff called Legend Cooch. Yep. So uh, they put the Legend Cooch in uh, to stop the ball from running. But unfortunately, it's not the best surface, I don't think, to hit from. Mm. But, you know, if you, I wouldn't worry too much about that because once you get to Royal Melbourne... Yeah. It's just, you get through those gates. Mate, was, I want to talk to you about you it. you got the, the tennis courts on the, the yeah, let's talk about it. The whole experience, because people out there would have played, and they might have yep. played it um, uh, for work or for yep. corporate events. Or Some if you might remember, be members. If you remember listening to our show. Driving to the course right now to play the East or the West, good yep. luck to you. You drive in, and the setup's just extraordinary. Yep. You go, all right, yep. we're on here, we're on. <laughs> I'm at a real place. <laughs> this is uh, this is what dreams are made of, sort of stuff. Yeah. No, the hedge yeah. on the right, the tennis courts on the left as yep. you go through. Sort of setup. And then you walk into this. You know, you drive past like the mansion. clubhouse that was probably built, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Right. Because the clubhouse before that looked like uh, a dirty old high school somewhere in <laughs> East Gippsland. It did. It was horrible. Really? But the, the, but the clubhouse that they have put up, it looks like it's been there for 150 years. Mm. It, they just got it right. And it was so important to get the Royal Melbourne Clubhouse right. And I reckon they've absolutely nailed it. Yep. Um, probably the only thing they, they regret is putting a 12 by 6 uh, snooker table in at the top that nobody uses. That's probably the only thing that they regret from the whole joint. But even when you walk through the clubhouse and you see all the the old golf clubs that have been used there, mm. they've got these beautiful old museum, the old honor pitches, honour boards, everywhere up. boards yep. uh, tournament pitches when you get into the men's locker room. I haven't been into the ladies' locker room, but I'm sure yep. the same sort of stuff mm-hmm. is all over the place. Spectacular. It is spectacular. And what? what tell me this. Yeah. Just walking. Once you Is it the first time you played it? Yep. All right, so once you got to about the eighth or ninth hole, mm. and the, eighth, the ninth hole doesn't come back to the clubhouse That's and right. the golf course, but once you got and you're into your round, what were you, what was your general thought about the style of Royal Melbourne? Uh, the gen- my general thought was that if you place yourself well off the tee, yeah. you're in with a real real good shot of making a, of yeah. shooting a good score. Yeah, and it's it's critical to be in a good position off the tee mm. because once you're there, it's not it's not long. No. By any stretch, and it's not a it's not a, a very long course, and you can you can certainly get uh, you can get around the greens, you know, yeah. in regulations. So, I found that if you're in a good position off the tee, it was you had the ability yeah. to score well. But if you're off the if you're in a bad spot, you you just wipe the hole. Very good. Now, the next time you play it, mm. you'll start to notice that uh, the closer you stay to the fairway bunkers, 
the easier your shot right. to the greenies. Yep. So that's the genius of Alistair McKenzie. Mm-hmm. When you got there, I bet you didn't lose too many golf balls. I lost one. Did you? Yeah. Off the, st- the, the stuff in front of a tee or did you lose uh, on the tee tree I somewhere? I lost one to the right of the green um, into some cabbage. Though. Right. Yeah. So th- th- it's, it's actually pretty hard to lose golf balls at Royal yeah. Melbourne because the place is so wide. and It's yes. wide open and the rough is you know such where you can, you can find your golf ball. Unless you hit it in the rubbish... Yep. directly in front of the tee, which I love that rubbish. You know, the real heathland <laughs> of, the, of the sand belt yep. is just fantastic. It's low maintenance. It looks fantastic. It gives you something to hit over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always nice. You, know, you get to the 18th hole, they've got these bunkers. I, I, I call them site bunkers. And the 18th of the West, which is the 12th of the old composite, um, there, there's a, it's a dog leg ride. You hit up over a hill and then it goes down. Yep. But the bunkers in front of you, it's only 170 metre carry, yeah. really, to, to carry those bunkers. But you can imagine if those bunkers, I mean, they're not in play for virtually anybody. That's right. If those bunkers weren't there, you're just hitting over a hill. Yeah, you're just, you're just bumping into that yeah. hill and feeding That's right. it down. But because these big, beautiful bunkers are cut they into the side of out. the hill, freak you out, it does a little bit. And it gives you, it gives you a little bit <laughs> yep. more joy, even though it's an easy carry. Mm. Even when like, it's 170 metres from the back tee. So if you're playing yep. from the members' tees, it might only be 150, mm. 160 metres to carry those bunkers. But it's something. Yep. You know, you're doing something in your round. It's, it's a bit of a you know, fist pump type moment if you are a hacker yep. on a Sunday. It gives you some, it's, it's very Absolutely. good. So they do lots of that stuff. The other thing I always loved about Royal Melbourne was that uh, when you got the yardage book at a, at a tournament, and I was really lucky, I got to play in tournaments at, on the composite course probably about a dozen times uh-huh. in, my, in, in my life, which was always a thrill, which was always a thrill. But um, I, in yards, so think of it as paces, not many of the greens go past 30 paces. Right. A lot of the greens are actually only about 24, 25 paces long. And that's from the very front to the very back. If you're going to the left or the right, quite often uh, the depth of the green might only be 15 uh, paces. Mm. So that means when the greens are rock hard for tournaments, if you weren't on the fairway, you couldn't go at that pin. Yeah. So even though the fairways were very wide, you ha- there was a... A little bit of pressure on you back in the old days, because back in the old days you were hitting eight irons to a lot of these um, uh, greens uh, to actually hit the fairway. These yeah. days, if you just bomb the driver down there and you got the square grooves on your, you know, the, in the spinny ball, uh, it makes it a little bit easier. Not much easier, a little bit easier, but just the little subtleties of Royal Melbourne. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I've played Royal a lot, but to this day, if I'm playing Royal Melbourne tomorrow. I'm cleaning my clubs tonight. <laughs> you know, it's a special one. And if I, I might just quickly go and have a look at my golf shoes. Yep. And if they're a little bit, you know, a little bit of brown yeah. stuff on it, exactly. I'll get the soap. I, I'll get exactly my scrubbing. What I do. I'll get my scrubbing <laughs> brush out, and I'll just put a little bit of soap on the scrubbing brush, and I'll mm. polish my shoes. And you know, if the shoelaces yep. need to be changed, and I'll change the shoelaces. It's one of those places that's special. Um, I, I almost feel, I almost feel sorry for the members. Because where do they go? <laughs> What's next? <laughs> if you've been a member at Royal you're Melbourne, you're so used to it. Yeah. And if you go anywhere else, you might think, you know, anywhere else, maybe except for some of the other sandbag courts, you go anywhere else, you're going, well, I don't want to play here. When in, in the clubhouse beforehand, Marco, I reckon I checked my phone that it was off 40 times. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good like that. The uh, people who work there are great. Yep. Um, it, it's managed well. Uh, the pro shop's fantastic. Everything about the place One is other, a joy. 
One other thing I picked up, and you've yep. spoken about this in the last few weeks, about yep. putting from off the green a yep. lot more. Yep. And where I play, you yep. can't do that because the, the condition around yeah. the green isn't good enough to be able to putt. So you've got to chip right. and use a loft wedge or whatever to That's right. try and stop the ball. But the ability to be able to putt off the green because the surface is so good. Yeah. And I've, ne- I've hardly ever practiced those sort of shots. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a real challenge for someone coming in to try and play those putts from off the green. Oh, well, good. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you did that because one of the things they did at Royal Melbourne because and I hope you don't mind we turn the segment into a Royal Melbourne no, segment no, sorry but it's okay we'll talk about we'll talk about Jordan Speed yeah. but I, I get excited when we talk about Royal Melbourne and Kingston 8th and Metro and all the great courses mm. but one of the one of the one of the things that is treasured as a professional and people who play the game is it's it's called the honest bounce you want an honest bounce in your golf course so if um, you land on the green and it stops dead it's pretty handy if you land short of the green and it stops dead mm. Conversely, if you land on the green and it bounces 40 feet, if you land just short of the green, might be a little bit softer because the grass is a tiny bit longer, maybe it runs 35 feet. Yeah. It's called an honest bounce. And that's one of the things that Royal Melbourne never had uh, when the greens were rock hard. Well, it did have it when they used to have power on the fairways. But once they got the cooch on the fairways, you could land six foot short of a green and it wouldn't make the green with a five iron. Yet that same five iron, if you landed it three foot onto the green, would go all the way to the back of the green. So it was the most dishonest bounce in golf. And to the credit of Royal Melbourne, they tried to alleviate that. And that grass that you saw, it's called fescue. So they do something that's very rare in the world of golf. They have the legend cooch on the fairways. They have fescue uh, grass, which is in the fringes. Mm -hmm. Then they have the the very famous, I think it used to be called Sutton Mix, but it doesn't look like a mix anymore, but I think it's still got the Sutton name to it, uh, that that type of uh, bent grass greens that they've got. So they've got three different types of green. And so what they've tried to do to get the honest bounce is that fescue, the same grass that they play in the British Isles, uh, you know, the British Open courses, um, it, it tends to bounce more. Mm. So it, even though it's not super honest, it's as honest as we're going to get yep. here in here in Melbourne. So they've done that on purpose as well. And one of the great things from the fescue, as you learned, uh, you can putt from the fescue. Yes. And for people who don't pl- practice a lot, uh, putting from off the green, like we discussed last week, yeah. it was in the masterclass last week, it was, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It, it's just an easier way to play golf. Mm-hmm. And it's a better way to play golf, and it keeps people smiling. And uh, that's one of the great things, because the, the legend cooch, uh, don't even think about trying to putt through <laughs> legend cooch. And if you're playing on a golf course that's full of kaikuya, well, you can't do it. But the fescue uh, or the bent or the really, the, the cooch grass, um, I forgot the name of the, the, the standard cooch grass, um, that one you can putt on. Yep. So if it looks smooth, you can putt. It's the way to go. But Royal Melbourne, I don't know, there's so many little intricacies there that uh, I love to talk about. And the greens, you know, when the tournaments are usually on a knife's edge and, you know, you're hoping for no wind. And if there is wind and all of a sudden oh, the pin placements have, change we, from we day to day. The perfect that, conditions I played on during the week. Did you? And um, I couldn't imagine playing it with the wind. What about just uh, what about before you hit off and you just get on that big putting green and yeah. the putting green? You know, it must it feels like it's about a kilometre <laughs> long. Than the home course. It does, it does, and you can, you know you've got the little arrows there and you have got the putting course and yep. all that sort of stuff. It is a joy to play. One more thing on Royal Melbourne. Yes. Okay. One more thing on Royal Melbourne. <laughs> Royal Melbourne West, the course that you played. Uh, most people who judge courses have that five, six, seven, or eight in the whole world. Yeah. That's that's the West course. I don't think the East course is that far behind. Right. If the West course, let's say it's number eight in the world, then I think the East course should be 
probably in the top 40, mm-hmm. which is so. It's really close. All the best courses in the world, they're, they're really close. Yeah. But let me tell you this, Sue. What about the composite course? Mate? That's what I want to talk to oh, you about. Sorry. <laughs> the composite course is so much better than the West course. It's just not funny. So if the West course is number seven or eight in the world, I promise you, Jules, the composite course, when you play it the right way around, which is the first of the West, is the first of the composite course, and the 12th is the 18th of the West, and everything else, if you play it the way we used to play it, that composite course with just three par fives, one of those par fives is a par four, par, with just three par fives here, two par fives, I've forgotten, three par fives, doesn't matter, one of them, one of the par fives you play is normally, a, one of the par fours you play is normally a par five, all the beautiful short par four holes are in there, yeah. the par threes are just magnificent, if you play that golf course, it's in the top three golf courses yeah. in the world well, based on just that. Golf Digest ranked it at six, the West Course. The West year. Course. Yeah. Well, okay. If 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 the West Course is 100%, then the Composite Course is 130%. <laughs> it's 130%. So you do the math. If I don't know why they don't rate the Composite Course. They, they say, not, oh, but no one plays it. it. Enough? That's rubbish. The, the members play there all the time. They had a day not long ago where, you know, it was a big charity day. They played the composite course. Every time we play a tournament there or a President's Cup, we play the composite course. How can they not rank the composite course? Mm. The composite course, if it was ranked, I would love to see it because, I don't know, maybe maybe the composite course, they'd put it at number five and the West course would skedaddle down yeah, right. the list a little bit. But if, if people from around the world are suggesting that the the West course is number eight, seven or eight, six, seven or eight. I wish those guys could play at the composite come stage, <laughs> at some stage because it yeah. is a totally different beast. Speaking of which, how do we get that job where you go around and rank golf courses? Gee, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. You need to be around the game for a while, yeah. I reckon, Jules. I reckon the, um, you're pe- getting there, the people at Golf Digest just might have to give them a call. <laughs> well, you, you host a world-class radio program about golf every weekend. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe you should put your hand up. Might have to. Might have to. Maybe let's talk about Jordan Spieth after the break, Marco. Yeah, let's he's back it. on the winner's list. And... Uh, Looking forward well, to that. US Open's only a couple of weeks away. Good timing, Brian. His last night was unbelievable. We need to yep. talk about Scott Hend as Scott well. Scott Hend, we do. And a young lady, uh, Natanagan. Yes. Arira. Arira Jutanagan. Yeah, we need to talk about her as well. Yep. She's three in a row. Three in a row. On the biggest ladies tour in the whole world. Pretty That's special. Still to come right after this on the Clubhouse. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. Welcome back. You are listening to The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. We're talking all things golf. We've had a big session on Royal Melbourne in the first seg, but time to get stuck into a little bit of golf news that's happening around the world. And Marco, no better place to start than Jordan Spieth, Mm. the man who, well, should have won the Masters. And with the US Open just a couple of weeks away, he's back on the winner's list at Colonial. He's uh, he's picked up a win. Nine putts on the back nine he had yeah. to uh, to win the tournament. I think he birdied the final three holes right. as well. So a That's terrific right. win and uh, back on the winner's I list. I think he's had now uh, seven times he's led in his short career on the US Tour after 54 holes and he's won six of them. Mm. That's pretty strong. Not I mean, the one, he, the one he lost, of course, was the Masters and he lost that in the worst kind of way. Um, he's also moved to, he's won more tournaments now on the PGA Tour as a 22-year-old than Tiger Woods did as a 22-year-old. Wow. Apparently there's a guy, I think it's Horton Smith, he might have won 14 times uh, before he uh, before he turned 23. Yep. 
Um, but Jordan Spieth's now good numbers. You know, in the modern day of golf uh, to be past Tiger Woods in anything yeah. is pretty impressive. I think Tiger might have had more majors at the same time. Um, or maybe not. I'll think about it in the tick. But certainly uh, he's won more tournaments mm-hmm. than, than Tiger did. Um, first time he's won in Texas. So that's another yes. nice little hurdle for him. Yep. They reckon he was being sledged in his backyard really? at Colonial. They reckon some of the Texans over there, it's been reported a number of places, I think Jordan spoke about it as well, uh, people were reminding him about what happened at Augusta. So for the That's back, rough, isn't that it? That is Home rough. Track. That's rough, mate. I agree with you. I, that, that, that's rough. You wouldn't expect that playing... Well, it, it was Fort Worth. The Colonial's in Fort Worth, but if you've been to Dallas of late, it's, not, it's no longer Dallas. It's Dallas-Fort Worth. Yep. The Dallas-Fort Worth area um, covers an awful lot of ground there in Texas. Um, look, he... He had nine pars in a row and looked average mm. on that front nine. He actually holed, I reckon, about a 20-footer on the eighth hole, uh, which is, I think it was a par three. It is a par three. He hold the, he's, he's hold that for par, and that kind of got him going. Gets on to the 10th and goes birdie. Birdie's 11, birdie's 12. Um, and then birdied 16 when he needed to. Yep. 16's a par three that comes back to the clubhouse. So it's where all the people are. Not many golfer spectators these days, particularly in big tournaments, they don't travel. Yep. Now, there's TV screens everywhere. <laughs> they go into their lunch. Yep. Uh, they watch people hit on the driving range. The real keen ones will go out and watch. You know, so you might see 500 people following the last group and maybe 300 of the second last group. And you know, if there's a big player in some of the other groups, you might get another 500 mm. there. But not many people. So he's coming back up to the clubhouse, all tied up. Knocks it on the green. There's a tough pin placement for that little green. Knocks it on the green. And he hold the putt that no one even got close to for the day. Most people were leaving it close. You have to really belt it to get up that hill. That brought a roar. That was the loudest roar that the tournament had had all week. Yeah, all week. So he's now in the now he's leading the tournament. He was tied. Now he's leading the tournament. He goes down seventeen. Now seventeen. I've, I've, I've been really lucky. I've played Kleiner played a number of times. Fantastic place. Lots of his, history dripping yeah. off the walls. <laughs> Dripping off the walls yeah. in the clubhouse. So it's a great place to go and have a look at. They've even got Ben Hogan's office set up the way it used to be. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so you can go in his office and have a look around. And Anyway, that's, there's all that. He hits um, he hits an iron off the tee at 17 and pulls it. He hits somebody's leg and yep. bounces out mm-hmm. into the rough. He gets in the rough. Now, it's hard rough to read uh, that kind of grass. It's called, they call it Bermuda grass over there. It's hard to read about a flyer. He catches a flyer. It goes straight over the back. Now, he's in the marquees over the back of the green, and it would have been, if he had to just drop it from where he was, it would have been a really difficult chip. Instead, because it's underneath the marquee, he gets to drop it in the drop zone, yep. and now he's on this upslope, chipping, you know, <laughs> but it's still a reasonable shot. He, he chips, chips the damn thing in. in. Mm. So he's, he's hit a leg, it bounces back, he catches a flyer, it goes under, he, he gets a good drop, and then he's good enough you know, to hit a reasonable chip. Now, when you chip, it's pretty much luck. Yep. I mean, if you're chipping in, it, it's it's pretty much like if you're chipping close all the time, eventually some of them are going to fall in. But for him to actually steady and, and hit that chip nervously, and that's the, that's the key word when you talk about Jordan Spieth. The things he does, it seems nerveless. Yep. And then, you know, two shots. He threw it off 18, was beautiful. Hit a, hit a nine to the back right of the green because there's water front left. Um, and then in junk time, he had three putts to win. He's he's candor, he's candor forty footer uh, to win the tournament. Six birdies in the back nine. The bloke he hit on seventeen, Marco bounced off his leg, bounced back into play. Yeah, went over to him, gave the glove, 
Thanks for that. Wrote on it. Then signed Thanks it. for that. Thanks for that. Did he really? <laughs> <laughs> what a ripper. Anyway, so he's made uh, $1.2 million thanks to a big kick. Uh, thanks for that. The guy gets a glove. Yep. But you, know, you think about the last nine holes of a tournament. Last nine holes. Yeah. You've played all week. The last nine holes of a tournament, and you birdie six of them yeah. to win the event. You're you're you're, you're in. Golf. You are you are dialed in, and this is all happening when people are having a crack at him, um, and having a crack at his mental state. Having a crack at what happened at Augusta. Yep. Low, mm. low mongrels. Yep. And and big and big name golf commentators too, Marco, saying that he still hasn't recovered from what's happened at Augusta as he was going down that. That's, yeah. Uh, that back. That yeah, back I, I, I heard that as well. Yeah. Oh, but that's they've got to do that. I mean, yeah. they're paid to commentate it at the yep. tournament they're at. And, you know, that's significant. It's, it's mm. in the back of a lot of people's mind what happened to him at Augusta. Luckily for him, he hasn't got an earpiece in listening to what's <laughs> going on. Luckily, he Luckily. hasn't. But look, he, he, he's a beautiful, nerveless player to watch. And when his putting's on, he's probably the best putter in the world. He's probably, yep. he edges he edges Jason Day out. If we're talking about yeah. the people who are on with the putter, he edges Jason these days. No coincidence that the best putters in the world are number one and two in in the world. But uh, look, there's still a lot of question marks for me over that technique of his, a lot. And because he's hit so many balls, because of his confidence and because of the wand uh, that he has in his hands when he gets on the putting green, um, that can defeat a lot. But let's see what happens. I think he's still got a little bit of work to do on that golf Mm -hmm. swing. And I'm sure his Australian coach, Cam McCormack, uh, understands that as well. And they'd be looking at those sorts of things. But his footwork for me is unusual. he certainly got a golf swing that doesn't look like he can hit the ball left, although he did on 17. So there's a few bits and pieces. So, look, he's a very good player. There's there's always been great players in golf who have had questionable golf swings. Um, but in this day and age, it's unusual because, you know, they're all taught from the right age. You know, Jason Day was taught how to swing a golf club very early. So was Rory McIlroy. Uh, and then the hours and hours of practice you do, they're ingrained. It. Well, that's, that's a whole yeah. you know, different world. Once you've got a golf swing, you've got to make it yours. So, look, great win. We'll see what happens. I still think Jason Day is miles ahead. Mm. We've got Memorial happening at the moment, which is a great tournament to watch. Yes. Then we've got, what, St. Jude and then the US Open at Oakmont. Uh, looking forward to Oakmont. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Oakmont. I what think sort of a that, track are we going to see there, Mark? Well, the last time it was played there, um, Aaron Badley was leading up three rounds. Yes. And he four-putted the first playing with Tiger Woods. Uh, <laughs> Bads. Yeah, that's Bads. right. Com. Uh, then Angel Cabrera came from the clouds. It's one of those golf courses. I reckon about 15 years ago, they might have got rid of all the trees. It was a really heavily wooded golf course. And now they got rid of all the trees. It looks un unbelievable although it looked unbelievable with all the trees too i used to think but um i, I think it's a it's a bomber's goal it's a bomber's golf course yeah. any golf course where there aren't any trees in this day and age if you can hit the ball 360 yards it's going to suit you because you know the, the rough is no yeah you know, when you've got a pitching wedge in your hand or sand the rough it doesn't phase you no it doesn't phase you too much it doesn't phase you too much so i think um if you're a good putter and you bomb it on this golf course then you have a significant advantage. You don't have to thread it. You yep. just have to bomb it. Um, yeah, there'll be a few holes where Jason get his two iron out and thread it. Mm-hmm. But more than likely, he'll be him. he'll be bombing it. Yeah. So it just plays into his hands. So if, good to watch. if you can see some nice odds, uh, US Open, um, 
just jump on. Put a sneaky 10 bucks on. Have a look on. at it next week, Marco, on the show. Yeah, let's do close that. Close look. Yeah, we'll have a close look at Oakmont, mm-hmm. and we'll go through the best holes, the holes to watch. Yep. Um, you know, it's one of those golf courses where they reckon they slow the greens up for the for the pros. They reckon the members have the fastest greens <laughs> in the whole world. They run at about 15. Yeah. But when the t- pros come to town, uh, they make sure that the wind won't interrupt the tournament. So apparently they've got they've got the best power greens in the world. Everyone else in the world hates power except Oakmont. They've got this <laughs> strain it. of power that they just love. And, um, you know, like I said, I cannot wait to see Jason Day perform at this golf course. Hey, what happened to Scotty Hend, Marco? <sighs> what happened? He's been playing awesome of late. And yep. you know that as well as I mm. do because we cover it every week. Um, but this is a big tournament. The European PGA is one of the crown jewels of the European Tour. Yep. Uh, he stood on that... Stood in the, uh, on the first hole in the last day. I think it was one or two shots in front. Yep. Might have been two. Mm-hmm. And just had a nightmare, mate. Yeah. Started blaming... Blaming people for heckling him. Uh, he had a bad drive on the first. Yeah. I know he shot six over on the front nine. Yeah. That's just ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly stuff. There was one hole I saw. He, he hit a driver and there's a moat. I don't know why. It just seemed, what, what are you hitting driver on a dead end yeah. drive for? I mean, anyway, it was disappointing. Um, I think he handled the situation poorly. He started blaming... Uh, People in the crowd. I mean, right. if someone's heckling you in the crowd, you go over to security and you say, see that guy in the orange shirt over there? See you later. Just watch what he's doing, please, because I, I don't like being heckled. Mm-hmm. And that guy would be removed. Mm-hmm. You, that, that's all you have to do. you know. But I think if you're in the, the headspace that he was in, you make a big deal of it and it's an excuse, and that's why I shot 42 on the front nine or yeah. whatever he shot. It's disappointing. Yeah, no good. i tell you who hasn't been disappointing, Marco. Aria. Jutanagan. Yeah, that's a, that's that a hard the, name to say. Aria's right. Jutanagan is her name. Yeah, you got to say it fast. Jutanagan. There you go. That's it. That's it. So she, she's won three in a row. Three in a row. That is rarefied air. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how many times Annika Sorensen won mm. three tournaments in a row, but it wouldn't have been many times. And she did this on her ear. I think she won by five shots in the end. First since Inby Park in 2013 to win three consecutive events on tour. There you go. Inby Park, I think that year, won a bunch of majors. Yeah. So she, um, she it's rarefied air. It's great to see a girl from Thailand doing it. Uh, and we're spreading the love a little bit because we're so used to seeing the Asian <laughs> girls coming from Korea. So to see uh, an Asian girl coming from Thailand, I mean, it just shows you the world spread of, uh, of the great game of golf. Um, yeah, it's good fun to watch the ladies golf at the moment. They, they are talented girls. They are doing some very good things. It's a very different ball game from 20 years ago where there might have been about 15 girls that could win a tournament. Now they're coming from the clouds, yeah. and that's only healthy for the game. Fascinating swings, Marco. I love the swings. Yeah. It's the different types and different little intricacies they have. Yeah, it is. They're, it's very different. It's yeah. very different from the robo-pros that you see on the PGA Tour. Yeah. But the girls, you know, that the rhythm... Is the is the key for the yeah. girls? They're not as strong, you know. The boys, a golf club is a heavy, it's it's pretty heavy, mm. you know. And when you're changing direction with something that's reasonably heavy, um, you know, you've got to be very strong to to handle it. And I think when the girls change direction, trying to create power, um, you know, they do s- silly things. You know, if you ever done when you bench press, it's funny watching everyone bench press because some people their back goes up, other <laughs> people their legs go up. You know, you do different things when you need force and that's what happens in golf as well when you're trying to create force people lift their leg at the wrong time or their yeah. back straightens or their head comes up or whatever they, they do different things and that's why I think the men 
as strong as they are, you don't see too many things happening uh, yep. when they're trying to create force. You see some, but not many. Now, even Rory, Rory McIlroy, his, his left ear goes <laughs> down towards his uh, shoulder on the way down, trying to create the force. Now that he's been in the gym a lot, that's that move's gone. Yep. I, I, I'm no, you've noticed that as well. That move is gone. That his left head, it, it just doesn't happen anymore. It's all the gym work he's done. He doesn't need to create the force the way, the way he used to. So I think all those funny moves you see in the ladies' game is just them trying to create some force. Marco, we've got to get to a break, but Pro My Golf, hey. you are a businessman. ProMyGolf.com. Yes. Now, we all live in a busy time. We it's do. a busy, busy world. Not everybody has the chance to go and get a lesson. Um, I'm very proud to have started this business uh, with uh, Matt Cleverton, mm-hmm. who uh, wins award after award after award as one of the best teaching coaches in the land. Rory Doran, uh, who's a very good friend of mine, uh, an Irishman who's come from Royal <laughs> County down uh, and is very, very good in front of the camera. Uh, and uh, Peter Weston, who I used to do my DVDs with. So uh, Pete came to me years uh, a little while ago and said, hey, listen, do you want to do another DVD uh, about golf instruction? And I said, look, I, I think it's done. And I gave him the idea that uh, maybe we should put it all up online um, and actually invite people to send their swings and we will send back a lesson. We're very proud. I mean, if you get a chance, go to promygolf.com. There's a phone site. There's a a big computer site as well. Yeah. you know, I used to charge 150 bucks for an hour lesson. These days on promygolf.com, 149 dollars, and you get three lessons. I uh, get five lessons. Excuse me. Wow. Five lessons. So you send in a swing, we'll send you back a full lesson. Yeah. And the best bit about it, the best bit about it, and you're going to hear myself and Rory Doran talking about it you know, after the break. Um, everyone hits the ball pretty good on the driving range. We want to see what you do out in the golf course. Yep. So next time you're on the golf course and you're having trouble. Get your camera out. Get your buddy to film you. Unless you're on Royal Mill. <laughs> get, your buddy to, get your buddy to film you and send it in and show us what you're doing on the golf course. Mm. Uh, that's the most important place where you need the help. I mean, everyone. how many people get on the driving range and just hit slot bomb, after slot? Bomb, yeah, flush bomb. after flush. They get on the, on the golf course, they can't hit anything. Film that swing. Send it to us and we'll give it back. Anyway, you're going to hear myself and Rory Doran talking about promygolf.com after the break. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Welcome back to the clubhouse. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. Time to go inside the clubhouse, and we do it all for Club Mandalay Golf Course. It's Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north. Think golf in Melbourne. Think Club Mandalay. It's just 20 minutes from Melbourne Airport off the Hume Highway. Clubmandalay.com.au. Got out there last week to have a look. Details. I was invited out, had a look. Yes. Magnificent. It is good. Yeah, it's really, really good. If you Tomo, are out there, Tomo's done a great job. If you are out there, film your swing, Marco, because pro my golf. Promygolf.com. Jules. Yes. Uh, so even if you are an of Asian descent, we've got Mandarin. It's all looked after. Yeah. And uh, we've got over 200 short, concise uh, swing tips and helpful. So you can pro you can pro your driving, pro my bunkers, pro my putting, mm-hmm. pro my kids golf. Fantastic. Pro my ladies golf, pro my the whole golf. Now, uh, myself, I'm a co-founder of promogolf.com. So is Rory Doran. So is Peter Weston. And so is Matt Cleverton. But we had a good chat with Rory Doran about uh, how you can... Get the most out of your game with just a short period of time. So frame to do so. Promygolf.com. Rory Doran. Nice to see you, Rosa. Thanks, Marco. Great to be here. Nice to have you in. This is how it all started. When I was teaching lessons, uh, when I was giving lessons you know, for 10 years down at Albert Park, I would quite often, you know, people would come down and hit golf balls on the range and everybody hits them well. 
on the driving range. I've seen you hit golf balls on the driving range and you hit them well. Everybody does. So these people would come down and pay 150 bucks for a lesson, an hour lesson, and they'd hit it like a dream and they'd say, I just, I don't do this on the golf course. And I said, it was just, you know, it was when, uh, you know, video phones basically were up and going. I, I used to tell them, listen, just get somebody to video you on the golf course and let me see it. So what they were doing is they'd come back the next week, they'd pay 150 bucks. They'd show me a video of themselves on the golf course, and I would give them a lesson from what I saw on the golf course. It would, you know, so they paid for the hour lesson. It was, it was madness. So now what we do at promygolf.com is you can get a playing lesson for basically 30 bucks. It is ridiculous. I used to, like I said, I used to charge 150 bucks so I could see people what they were doing on the golf course because you can't get out there. So you do that, Finey. Um, you get, look, the, the price is for uh, our, our elite package, 149 bucks. You get five swings. And full access as well to the uh, the game changer video library. Which so basically we'll we'll look at the we'll look at the swing. We'll uh, we'll be able to talk talk through the swing. Stop it in the the places we need to have a look. There's obviously there are a few few important places in the the back swing, the through swing. How the guys are going at impact is probably the most important thing. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna have a look at. Uh, Directional uh, improvement. Uh, we'd we'd ask you to take a video from behind. All of this information is uh, uh, down the line. So all of this information is online. And if you want to, you want to uh, to improve your ball striking, we just get you to take a video from face on. Getting a lesson on the driving range, it's not always the best thing to do. And we've always heard about playing lessons. Playing lessons are fantastic. Yep. You know, getting a regular lesson is also good. But if you are a person who you just don't understand what happens when you get on the first tee. This is a magnificent option and a very cheap option and something where you don't have to spend extra time during the week uh, finding your way to a golf coach, spending an hour down there and getting an hour back to work. Realistically, and any time I do, do give a lesson, I'll always say to somebody, I want you to go away and practice for another, at yeah. least two or three practice sessions. Otherwise, otherwise it just becomes... You're, you're paying me to watch you practice, and that's so you need to, you need to ingrain the good habits before it becomes actual habit. It's gonna it's going to be as instantaneous as we can get it to you. If uh, if I if I'm there in front of the computer when it lands in, which will be a lot of the time, or one of our one of the other promygolf.com uh, yeah PGA professionals, and that's one of the other things that we haven't touched on is every single uh, one of the pros looking at it are all fully PGA qualified. So there are there are sites like this uh, that mm. have existed in the states, but it's just guys sitting in their living room that love golf. Yeah. Okay, they have no qualifications to their name. Our other two co-founders, by the way, a guy called Matt Cleverton, who is, he wins every PGA teaching award. He seems to win it every second year, so he's part of the team, and he's basically the head coach. Uh, and also, uh, when I was doing the DVDs that we used to give away, uh, Peter Weston uh, from Channel One, he's put all these uh, HD, very, very, you know, they're very professionally done DVDs together. Very simple stuff. All we're trying to do is help people enjoy golf that is the number one thing we're here to try and help rory i want to talk about putting because the two best players in the world at the moment coincidentally are the two best putters that we've seen for a while i mean since probably since tiger woods uh, jordan spieth on the back nine with the nine putts i think he might have had 10 putts actually but the chip in that was crazy and the six birdies he made everything he looked at that needed to go in but it wasn't it wasn't even just the the fact that he had uh, I, th- I think it was nine pots, Marco. Yeah, uh, nine pots with, with a chip in. It was the length of the pots that he was holding. It was just outrageous. Hmm. The pot pot on uh, pot on sixteen. Yeah, that was the ripper. <laughs> just great. Everyone left it short. Yeah. Every player that I saw hit that putt, and I was up pretty early to watch and and see what happened because I've been worried about uh, Jordan the way he hits the ball. 
But everyone had left that one short. Absolutely everybody. And he just rolled it in, perfect pace. Mm. And the chipping on the next hole was ridiculous. And then the junk time 40-footer on 18 was just cream. Well, he, you saw his reaction even on 17 when he hauled the, when he hauled the chip shot. He nearly couldn't believe it himself. Because he's just been on this run of yeah. six holes, seven holes consecutively where he just can't miss. And then he holds one. He must just be thinking... I'm home, lads. Right. <laughs> Here so, it is. You know, I reckon you probably think Jordan Spieth, when he's on, is, is the best putter in the world. But who's the best putter consistently at the moment? Because I reckon Jason, the way that he the way that he plays in the, in the seven tournaments and 17 starts or whatever it was, his last 12 months of putting, I've never seen anything like yeah, it. Yeah. Well, again, the ratio speaks for itself in many tournaments he's played in. It's Tiger Woods Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's, and it's, it's clutch. He's seen the, the two guys seem to get better under pressure. And I I don't know about I don't know about you Marco, but uh, I'm I'm a I'm a scratchy putter at the best at times. As soon as I'm I'm under a bit of pressure, I usually don't blossom the way I should. Hmm. Playing playing if I was playing up against a guy called Jordan Spieth yeah. in, in the last round to win a win a tournament, uh, you just you look at him, you know he's not going to miss a six footer. Yeah. Whereas everybody else, you know that that are that are out there, they're they're just they're they're, they're somewhat tentative. He just look at he's, he's, yeah. he's just so intense. I'll- when he's on, there's no tentative stroke in him. Not one bit. There he is, Marco, your business partner. Terrific. Uh, good terrific fella, chat too. And good luck to you guys. To, uh, hard to understand, business. Rory, from Ireland. <laughs> he's a very hard person to understand, but a great golf coach. And, and the other thing about when we get going, all of our golf coaches have been trained to what we believe is correct. Yep. That, that's the most important thing. So you're not going to get froth and bubble. We just want people to enjoy their game of golf. That's what it's all about, Marco. Promogolf.com. Get on, have a look. Great packages to give away. Uh, great packages to buy. Anyway, I'm proud of what I'm, prou- I'm very well done, proud Marco. of the product. Well done. Thanks, buddy. All for Club Mandalay Golf Course. Green fees available seven days a week. Clubmandalay.com.au. Masterclass is next. Marco's Masterclass. Time to get a lesson from the best teacher in golf. If you're not on uh, promygolf.com, mm. just listen to our show. And, yeah, that's uh, right. You get a free one every week. Now, Marco, played Royal Melbourne during the week. Yes. Went to the big practice green. Yes. Want to know, what should I be doing straight away? Right. So, so many golfers have 40 putts around. They don't even know it, yep. but they have 40 putts around. So your 95 comes down to 85 if you have 30 putts around. And one of the ways of doing it is either chipping close or not three-putting as much. Everyone's going to three-putt, but you don't want to do it as much. So if we, do, if we just want to stop three-putting, when you have 10 minutes to work on your putting before you hit off, these are the two things you must do to improve your golf score. One, to get the distance dialed in to new greens. and you know, It's not like tournament golf where the greens are pretty much the same every week. You can go to a different... You can go to the same course every Sunday and it could be different pace greens. Mm. So to get the pace of the greens early days... Is set up to a long putt, and then before, instead of looking at the ball when you putt, I want you to look at the hole and keep looking at the hole and make the stroke. Because to be a good putter, you need to have a good memory. Yes. Because you're always looking at the hole. You're always looking at the ball, excuse me, when you putt. But you've got to remember where the hole is. And that's all, that sometimes can be hard to do. So if you want to try and hit the ball close all the time, just play with that before a round. Set up, aim up, even you know, understand which way the ball's going to break. And then before you make your stroke, look at the hole. It becomes so much easier to get the pace right when you're looking at the hole. Now, I don't want you to do it on the golf course because it doesn't work. <laughs> but you've got to have this little picture in your mind on the golf course 
got to have this picture. It's like a little TV set in your head. When you're looking at the ball, you just want to look at the ball blankly. And then you've got to just kind of remember where that hole is. Yep. And then because you've practiced looking at the hole, when you putt on the practice screen, it becomes a little bit easier when you've got the pitcher in your head and you're over the ball. So that's one thing you've got to do. The other thing you've got to do is practice your really short putts. Mm-hmm. Don't practice your six-footers and eight-footers. Don't do that. Practice your two, three, and four-foot putts. They're so, the keys. Yeah, that, they are the keys. So practice the long ones. Try and get the pace right. And then after that, when you uh, just before you go out, you don't want to see too many putts miss, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do anyway. So... Hold some of those two-and-a-half-footers and three-footers. It's the really short ones. Yep. Make them go right in the center of the hole. You'll jump on that first tee Get full of confidence, confidence and away you go. You'll have a good understanding of how fast those greens are. And if you're at a golf course uh, worth its salt, the practice putting green will <laughs> be the so. same pace oh, as so. actually out in the golf course. <laughs> That's what a practice putting green is all about. So hopefully that is the case at your golf course. <laughs> you bloody hope so. <laughs> Don't you hate that? It's the worst <laughs> in the world. The worst in the world. What is the use of a practice putting yeah, green if it is not exactly the yes. same pace as what it is out in the golf Nothing course? Nothing more frustrating so in life. If you're a committee member and this is true of your golf course, fix it up. Fix it, please. <laughs> That's what it's there for. All right, practice green. Look at the long putt. Look at the hole on the long putt. Yeah, don't look at the ball when you're practicing. Get, long, get it in the memory bank. That is it. I like it. Got to have that little window in your head. And don't stare at the ball. Just look at the ball blankly. Yep. A very blank stare when you're looking at the ball. Beautifully done, Marco. Good on you, buddy boy. I'll see you next week. US Open preview will be on the show next week. Make sure you tune in then. Looking forward Appreciate to it. Appreciate your company this Don't week. Don't forget promygolf.com. Promygolf.com. It's launched. Have a look. See you, buddy.